When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for tapping on our conversation with Sylvan Esso. It is an honor to be in your ears today. We have a lot to discuss with them. Life, music, no rules, Sandy, and a whole lot more. Please subscribe to our podcast, share it with those you care about, and enjoy. Here's Sylvan Esso. Hello, beautiful human. Uh, my name is Zach. That is Dan. And we welcome to the studio, Sylvan Esso. Woo! Wow. <laughs> Was that planned? Yeah, <laughs> you guys rehearsed that. We rehearsed yeah. it in the in the hotel before we got do yeah. every one of these. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is it? You know, there are groups that do that. K-pop groups in particular rehearse their intro. Yeah. I mean, over and over and over the and discipline. over and over again. Inspiring. Discipline is the word. Is it inspiring? Ah, uh, <laughs> it is exciting to see. What do you think of? So, one big fan. I love folk music, and I love folk and. Electronic music, and that is what you guys do. I mean, right off the bat, I want to know, like, why do you think those two genres work so well together? Why do they complement each other? You know, I'm not sure. the The wildest part is that uh, when Nick Nick and I got together to make songs, we were just like, "What does it look like when we do when we make songs together?" And mm. it happens to look like folk and electronic music, but. I I don't know. We I th- set out to make a pop band, which is the yeah, weirdest part. Exactly. But like what Yeah, when you're reaching for genre, usually that's where all the fun begins. So okay, is the when you say reaching for genre, that's when the fun begins. So is it setting a goal like not a goal, but at least some sort of sonic expectation so you have somewhere to aim? Because some people I also think, start with nothing. I mean, we we kind of do half and half cuz like when we first started, we we I had made a remix for her which is kind of we based the initial sound of the band around this like remix thing that we had done um but it kind of quickly became a like pop experiment and i feel like it was that it, it became that because that was kind of the natural thing we were doing together that was kind of our natural combination um but i do think that when mm. you set out to when you have at least some idea of what you want to do it's really helpful because it then you're not starting with the possibility of like everything, like from everything. How do we narrow it down to a three and a half minute song? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think it's helpful to start with like a frame, like like uh, you know, like form poetry or something. I think that there's like a there's a beauty in like working within a constraint because I think it shows you the person within that frame. Do you Indeed, know what I mean? which of course is also the essence of pop music, that it's Absolutely. like working to reach into a form. Well, and by the way, I think that form is up for interpretation, right? And sure. I think that form comes in many different forms, right? And I always say that, and I, it's so interesting that you, you, you bring that up because I like try to hit home, and I don't think I always make sense. Also one of my fears is of communicating poorly with people around me. Um, but I, I do believe that like, Pop music has the ability to literally sound like absolutely anything and everything. It's not a sonic sound. It may be some formulation or a structure to the way a song is presented, but like sonically, there's no everything needs to sound different from another because pop is collectively 
popular songs. I mean, and that's, I feel like where it ties back into folk music. Like, that's what folk music is. Folk music is like music for everybody. Like, coming together to sing a thing, which is, to me, the ultimate goal of pop. It's mm-hmm. literally just short for popular. You know, yeah. like, what is, what is everybody agreeing on at any given moment in human musical history. You know what I mean? Totally. And the dream is, how do you create a song that when you're done singing it, someone can sing it back to you? Do you feel like you've done that so far? Yes. I feel like, yeah. That was was kind of one of the things, like one of our first songs was this song, Hey Mommy, and part of the, the like wink of that song to me was that it's the same song twice. And the second time you hear it, it's the party version. And so like, we teach you the song and then it gets exciting and then you know it already and you can sing along. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like that kind of thing I think is really exciting to me as a listener. You know, mm-hmm. like it's we, we talk all the time about like how do we like we make really weird music, but we try to make as many doorways into that music for somebody to access it as possible. So like we try to make stuff that's very specific, but not alienating, you know, like something that doesn't there's no bar for entry. A for little, you to like it. Yeah, a little alienating, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, that's why I like. I like that, like, somebody who knew nothing about us and nothing about any of our reference points or any of that can maybe hear something and just be like, oh, like, I really love this, and it makes me think of my grandpa or whatever. But, like, if you do know everything... Your grandpa? That, well, I'm not... You know, <laughs> no, but some of those records give, like, n- n- no record of yours sounds alike, and they all give different, very... Oh, thanks. Oh, thank ...specific you. yet general energy. And the other thing that you, like, hit on was... Folk music just br- brings people together, right? But so does electronic dance music. Like when sure, you yeah. when, when you think of a festival, like what is that but a gathering of like-minded people coming together to just get lost in music? So I mean, tying the two the together, club, like the history of dance music, electronic dance music in the United States, like is is exclusively about that. It's yeah. about like creating a space where like usually like marginalized populations can come together and feel safe and make a thing happen. You know, like like feel free together. You know, like, isn't, I mean, that's just what I would hope every concert we ever give could be, is like a place for people to go and like feel seen, you know? Yeah. Is electronic dance music the new folk music? Um, I don't know. Or is it just now folk electronic music? <laughs> well, I think they all have similar goals. You it's know? all storytelling too, right? Like isn't that folk music? feel free and like emotionally connected and like, and, and heard and like somebody else out there gets the thing that they've been thinking about. I mean, like... That's all part of the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Can you can you balance out the the detailed storytelling that comes along with folk music, but also simplify it in a way that like works in electronic dance music? Well, I think it. I don't know. The definition of folk music is so uh, sh- shaky to me in that like there are all sorts of genres of folk music that we've decided is folk music and. <laughs> In reality, like the thing that we call folk music was usually like English songs that made their way to Appalachia and then were regurgitated and like spread across the mountains or like songs that came from slaves that then white people took and were like, this is ours now. Um, What else is new? Classic. (laughs) I had this great idea. (laughs) Um, I'm Elvis. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like... I don't, yeah, I don't know how to say, like, all songs are storytelling, right? Like, they're, at pretty much every single one, like, even now, like, the, like, the basic thing of, like, you and, like, I'm getting ready to go out to the club and it's going to be great. 
that, is, you know, like that's a story. That's a story. Yeah. yeah, or well, like I love you and you don't love me as much, and I'm mad about that, but I'm persevering. You know. <laughs> well, I also feel like one thing I, I really feel like about your lyrics is that the more specific you get, it seems like the more somehow conversely the more opportunities there are for other people to to like make it their own story that always happens that's the dream i think you but, want you want to write something that's specific enough so that everyone's like ah oh, that's about me it's like specific in general but also people like detail like they attach themselves to detail mm-hmm. and they all have that they all have their version of that one detail but you got to share that detail to get there mm-hmm. it helps i mean that's the foundation to a great relationship and like i think music at the end of the day that is that is what it is now. A relationship? I mean, between you and somebody else, like people like give you, I mean, there is something there in terms of like, I do think some of the greatest artists of our time are people that you feel attached to. You want to be invested in. Mm. You also feel lost in their words and you feel more understood about yourself. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like any any art. I feel that way about writers all the time too, where it's just like, like hearing somebody articulate a thing that you had been thinking but failing to articulate yeah you know is so or feeling and harboring you know like totally so you never knew how to put a point on it and then somebody comes along and does it and you feel like oh i thought that was just me spinning in my own head and like this person has this too it's just a great way to not feel alone i mean it's a lonely (laughs) scene out there it is but why do you think a song like coffee blows up and becomes so big i have no fucking idea i don't know (laughs) people really like it uh i think they like it because uh it i don't know i don't know maybe people use it as their wedding song a lot which is strange to me because i think it's a very sad song about like about um maybe not sad but almost all the songs that i write are, are kind of melancholic in nature I guess it's about being like in relationship with yourself and like constantly coming back to who you are when you're like coming in and out of relationship. But the, the fact that of, the fact that people are like we're going to use this as our <laughs> wedding song, I'm yeah. like, okay, dog. <laughs> Whatever works for you. Yeah, I that's also fine. think that's hard. There's a thing that happens in that song that like to me, you know, that whole song feels like it's 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 about that first time you figure out that like the feelings of love and infatuation are reproducible mm-hmm. and that it maybe wasn't this like one time only special thing, yeah. you know, and how kind of sad that is. But we, we flip it at the end and have the resolve of the same line change to a major resolve, which I don't know if anybody clocks this, but like in my mind when we were writing that, we did it that way because that's how a lot of like life chapter changes or lessons have felt to me, mm. you know, where like something you, you realize something and at first it's like deeply depressing. And, and then after you move through that, you realize that it's actually not depressing. It's this beautiful like thing about the eternal cycle that you're a part of, you know, like there's this kind of moving through an initial woe is me feeling that feels so cathartic mm-hmm. to me. Um, and that's part of what, to me, I think I was trying to accomplish by like that major flip at the end there. And I think if that wasn't, I don't know, it's like, I think that's one of those things that even maybe people don't realize that they're tying into. Yeah. I don't know. 
100%. I hope. <laughs> Happy and sad at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It gives Maybe you all also, the is that pop music? I think pop music is a way of like happily talking about sad things. That is true. Okay. I would I would definitely, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's enough to be a, a, a defined bucket under the uh, umbrella that is pop music. Yeah, I think my favorite, my favorite, like the only thing I can take away from High Fidelity now is that like opening <laughs> sequence where he's like talking about how pop music is the saddest thing in the world. Like it's about talking about sad things happily. Well, it is true. And when you tear it apart and like strip away the production, it does get pretty, it's pretty sad. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's uh, sad out there. Oh, you know, we love it, it. We love the sad. Yeah, it's great. What is your process like? Do you start by crafting lyrics and then you go to production? Or are you writing to something that's already made or produced? For this most recent record that we're putting out on um, August 12th, it's called No Rule Sandy. Uh, when we were making it, we like Sandy would start jamming, and I would just write stream of con consciousness. I've usually do like lyrics and melody at the same time, so I can fit the syllables into oh, cool. scansion in a way that um, that's usually how I derive hook is through like the way syllables live in a line. Um, that's interesting. How did you figure that out? Just did it. Did, have you always done it that way? Yeah. Pretty much. I also, I don't, when I'm writing, I don't go to instrument. Like at first it was just out of, out of habit. I would just write in the air. And now I find like I can play the guitar and I can like plunk things out on the piano, but it usually leads to pretty simple uh, melodic lines. And so I like the option of just being able to go in the air. It leads to more surprises. What are you finding when he's jamming at the same time? It's not distracting, but like who, who leads? That's the fun part. It's both. But yeah, somebody has to start. It's a real... Well, for this one, like, a lot of times... Well, let's see. Okay, so on... We have a song called Sunburn that I... For that one, I had written the hook. And you wrote I came the whole thing, in, yeah. Yeah, I'd written the whole thing. And I came... Usually I write the first verse in the hook. And then it's like the dream. Like, I write the first verse in the hook, and then we see if Nick can, like write the rest of the music and then I write a second verse and a bridge and um but for that one I like came in and sang what the beat should be and you can actually hear me singing it in the like in the turnaround yeah, of the chorus yeah. oh that's cool um because we recorded that and then Nick built the beat over that and then we made it but but that's for like, getting rarer and rarer I feel like yeah or particularly on this record then like for echo party Nick had all of these songs were written in like 20 minutes pretty much or like the first the, the first the like groove the initial idea like was built like nick would make something and i would immediately respond and well, then we, we would build around it. the craziest part was we wouldn't like we wouldn't get there immediately like it's like we'd and this is usually how we do things we'd get together and be like hey what's what what do we want to what seems like it might be a jumping off place and, you know, on this record, it was like, all right, let's just record, just improvise a couple of vocal stacks, and then I'll take that, and I'm going to sample that and kind of try to make that into maybe the, the and, chords. And, and then, then when I'll... he gets something good, I just say, like, yes, go with that. So mm. I kind of play conductor sometimes. Yeah, we kind of we push on each other. Yeah. You know, like like she'll be doing something, and I'll be like, that, more like that, but more like this, and it should end up, and then we'll keep, you know. Like exactly, or like... Of, yeah, he'll be like manipulating a stack and I'll be like, go back three paces. Usually we're we're recording while Nick is jamming. So I'll be like, go back eight bars, take this loop, 
put it in a different thing, loop that. Or like she won't be reacting to like my favorite part, so then I'll be like, okay, I have to make something that's super fun over that, so that she re it like reignites her to want to write over this thing. Like it's all about it's like all kind of trying to like ignite the other person. Yeah, Yeah, very personal chemistry. Yeah, and because of that, it leads to some really strange, like usually Nick and I hear the one in a different place, which leads to like some truly weird musical moments. We have a song on our new record called Your Reality where we just kept both ones for each other. Like we wrote all of the musical parts to confirm both of our time signatures. Yeah, like normally we'd argue about that and then decide on one and then like arrange around that. And this time we were like, oh, it's, well, it's called Your Reality and like the whole thing is kind of about your your reality. And so we we're like, <laughs> let's just leave it. Let's Let's like validate each viewpoint so that anybody who hears it can hear it either way. Yeah, or it's like and why the time signature in Hey Mommy is so weird. Also, cuz I, oh, yeah, like I wrote it I wrote it for a different. You guys time hear signature. different ones? I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought I, I thought it was just I thought it was one was a one. No. <laughs> I have I no idea. Oh yeah, I don't think I think the one is wherever you want it to be. Yeah, we we oh, argue wow. at this constantly. Yeah, my <laughs> dyslexia, like my like neurodivergency is like do whatever you want. Like, yeah. <laughs> Very upset about the idea of rules within music. Yeah. Yeah, they're all trash. I don't believe them. <laughs> so, where do no rules, Sandy, come from? It's a line, quite regularly. In that song. Yeah, quite regularly. When I'm, uh, like recording lyrics for the first time, I'll write them and then record them. So it's the first time that Nick is hearing them as well. I, I'm sorry. I call Nick both Nick and Sandy, and I trade off. Yeah, I was a bit confused. There I'm sorry. Time. Just so <laughs> y'all and your listeners and people on the internet know, Sandy and Nick is the same person. Um, <laughs> either way, <laughs> when I was singing the backups for your reality, there's a backup part that's uh, like, No rules for me, no rules lately, no rules, Sandy. And I did it in a weird time signature and we looped it under it and so when I when I sang it it was the first time that Nick had heard me saying No Rule Sandy so it was uh, me just talking to him and our dear friend Jen was like that's the name of the record when we played it for her wow. yeah and it just it felt like it was kind of a, like a symptom or like a hallmark of all this other stuff that was already going on you know like we had we had made these three records and felt like we had kind of like perfected the thing we started setting out to do Mm. which was what i mean this idea of like like this sound that started with that first record was like trying to find a way to make this a pop end that still felt like us and it that like free love to me just feels like this like airtight like i love that record yeah free love is our third record that we released during the pandemic don't release a record during the pandemic (laughs) well you (laughs) the next one you said that that was the best music you've ever made right is that the album? Up to, up That's to, what I thought. But now, that point. now I like this new record better. This just feels so much f- like it feels so much loose. It feels so much less composed, maybe. And I'm, we're just not tr- like we made. We created this art project that was like, let's try to make a pop band. And the craziest thing happened where like it worked and people were like, you're a pop band now. And we were like, ha ha ha. <laughs> like we're like little weird DIY babies that Playing like Coachella, don't. Yeah. yeah. Like the like, you know, we started like I, you know, I managed my first band. I booked my first tours on MySpace. Like I'm like a like an indie rock dinosaur at this point. 
Are Same you, with Sandy. Sandy used to use a binder. Are you talking about <laughs> Mountain Man? Yeah. Yeah. And, and But because of that, when Sylvan hit in this way that was, like, true and authentic, all of a sudden, like, we were, like, cool kids on the pop scene. And I think I accidentally uh, forgot. For, for a moment, I forgot that it was an art project. And I started, like, really leaning towards the major label sound or wanting wanting more and wanting the thing that I saw as success. Um, classic. Classic. Oops. I mean, it led to Grammy nominations, so something worked. Oh, oh we yeah. had a blast. Like, we I'm were very proud yeah, of it we, all, yeah. I'm, I'm very grateful for what we've done, and also uh, I love my soul, and I want to keep it. Yeah, it just kind of felt like a recentering almost, you know, like... Like when we were making this, we didn't think that we were making a record. We were just like having fun together and trying to make something every day. You know what I mean? It, it literally, we were making it for each other. Yeah, it's like we're back to experimentation. So, does it redefine what success is? I mean, in yeah. In what was that thing? Was it was it Charles Spearin you were talking to that he was like, you were talking about something working out, and he was like, oh, that's got to be hard because now you can see. How far it can go? It was Dev. Dev oh, Gupta. It's our friend Dev who's in the band Mr. Twin Sister. We're amazing. And we were talking about like the weird levels of this industry that you can get to where like when you when you bump up and start playing bigger venues or when you like get like a new record deal or you get in like the company of others, all of a sudden you can you start see on the radio, whatever. Yeah. yeah, when the ceiling pings up higher, all of a sudden you're always back at the bottom. Like you're always like looking up, being like, "Oh man!" Like, well, the next thing we do is an arena tour, or like, you you know, you can like see suddenly you what you don't you have, as totally. opposed to like being like King Shit of Fuck Mountain. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but which would you rather be, King Shit of Fuck Mountain, or want to keep climbing? Well, that's the thing. Uh, what day is it? Yeah, what day is it? It's <laughs> true. Yeah, I felt that. Yeah, right now in this moment. Uh, we've been doing a lot. We're very, very tired. <laughs> so King should fuck Mountain? I mean, I don't know. I think the thing, because of the nature of how this work is and how like all of a sudden our job is to truly be ourselves, like the, and like, like when you, when you decide to be a musician, that's the trade that you make where you're like, okay, I'm going to be myself. Then it becomes like, you asking me that is like, what kind of life do you want? Yeah. And today i want to be chill and have a wonderful time and just eat all of the most delicious food mm -hmm. and love my friends and um you know like dance on the palm of the divine when i play shows and like i've got that <laughs> that's the thing i mean we're, we're getting we're getting to see what a bigger version of our band would look like and there's parts of that that are so cool. And there's parts of that that I have no interest whatsoever in. You know what I mean? Like, and and so it's it's wild. I, I feel like your whole life, especially like growing up in America, it's like, like it's this capitalist, like eternal growth thing, mm. you know, that you're, where it's like, it's like baked into you. But I don't know. I feel like you get to a certain point 
And we're extremely fortunate and so lucky and creatively fulfilled at like every new chapter of our like artistic life. And I feel like we're in that phase where I'm kind of starting to question like, is there anything else I really want besides to keep doing the thing I'm doing now? Yes, I want to sit on the couch. Well, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. But you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like I... I mean, on like on late night, like I want to sit on the couch on late. Oh, night. that couch. Sorry, that's what I want to do. Uh, so you have like oh, Tonight Show dreams. Yeah. Oh yeah, we've done it a lot. We've a done lot, a lot yeah. of TV. But I'd like. I'd You've like never to... done a late night TV appearance? No, we've done a bunch. Oh, of Oh, yeah, we've yeah, done yeah. so yeah. many. Oh. Yeah, but I've never sat on the couch. Oh yeah, uh, we always play. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Mm. It's it's weird. It's like, but I think at a certain point, if you're lucky, you get to kind of figure out what you want your success to look like you mm. know because that's the thing i think you i think it's easy to go along with the river of something and end up somewhere you didn't necessarily want to go without realizing it you know and i feel very fortunate at this point to be like man we're we're at a really cool level we get to make music with our friends we get to like bring up other artists that we love we get to like tour to in it like the coolest fan base <laughs> ever yeah i don't know man yeah we have a record label we have a studio i don't need We're to be chilling. beyonce you know like well i think that's like to your point you do need to reach a certain level of success though where you can then have the the luxury of choosing it's a huge luxury the, the exactly. type of success you want to garner and to get on the couch there's a game that needs to be played where like people need to be invested in you more than just your music and like who you are as a personality and like what's the difference between an Ariana Grande and somebody who is just performing, you know? Exactly. exactly. I, and that's the real thing is that like I want the couch, but also like I'm not sure I want to let people in. Well, that's it. You said I want to pick the like, you know, you can't have there is you have to give up something. I know. And I don't want it's mine. It's so <laughs> it, but it is like it is a dance, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Unless you go and invent a character that you then get to portray and then that's like captivating enough to go and you know nice. Which people do. People do do that. I mean pretty much everybody on the couch kind of has mm-hmm. that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know what? That is true. But I can tell you this. The people that I know have sat on that couch who are the most talented and gifted, Those, what you are seeing is so deeply rooted in their genuine reality. Yeah, totally. That it, the, the switch may be turned on a little bit tighter to on, you know? But, like, it's so rooted in truth. Yeah, right. Which is what makes it so easy, but also so widely palatable and enjoyable. And, like, why people, like, really, at the end of the day, like... Will invest I in think you. People have really good bullshit detectors. Fuck you know yes. I mean? Now, dude, our phones. Everybody is accessible at all moments in time. Yeah. 
You can see everything somebody's doing. You've seen it. Like, you can read motherfuckers like nobody's business. Like, you're right. It's stronger than ever before. Well, and I think that people, I think no matter what people say, we all want pomp and circumstance. But, like, at the end of the day, you people really respond to honesty. Yes. Even if it's something they don't like. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, And you believe it's their truth. Yeah. And, and I think that's when you see somebody who's, like, truly good at that, you know? Like, has truly figured out how to, like be on the couch as themselves it's like because they figured out how to har- how to like harness that thing which is not easy totally no the only person i know who like really does it and who's like absolutely there is jenny slate like oh, who i know absolutely. personally yeah. you're like whoa it's you you're just there it's <laughs> so cool. you're just like famous and a person like at the same time yeah, it's the same thing yeah. yeah it's really special yeah she's so special well, it's but to your point of like people respecting honesty, even if it's polarizing, they don't agree. Like, look at this. Have you heard of Andrew Tate, the stupid motherfucker? All over the internet. <laughs> this guy is bald, and he like gets he says the most insane, disgusting, horrific things. We'll send you home with some links. I'm so sorry. I think I'm good, probably. Does for that he description. wait? Does he say insane, disgusting, horrific things about bald people? Or no, does he he's, just, he just happens to be bald. He just happens to be bald. Oh, I don't. Oh. Let's let's be real clear here. I don't want to judge the bald community. No, no, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I'm. I am not casting <laughs> any sort of judgment on the bald community at large. <laughs> just Andrew Tate in specific. Andrew Tate. It yeah. was more a descriptor of like you might know him. You may, yeah, you may know him for having be- a noticeable visible appearance. for being a. <laughs> Gross misogynist, terrible person. I'm trying to keep bold garbage. Like everyone's trying, keeps trying to put misogynists in my feed, even if it's being like, "There's terrible," and it's like, "I'm out." No, on that. I'm Let's just, they can stay in <laughs> the shadows, with that, man. Yeah. I'm good. But I like, deal with that every day, all the time. Like, why? They're out. Yeah, I'm yeah, so sorry. I'm They're very interested. out there. That's fine. But people. But the truth is, people don't stand for it. Which, to your point, is like. If you're being genuine and honest, you garner people. Even if it's your honesty, no matter how horrific it may be and how wrong it is. I mean, these are things you believe. I think you're terrible and, like, would love to make sure that, like, you get a vasectomy so you can't procreate in this world. Because, like, yeah, like, less of you would be great. But (laughs) people out there respect somebody for being honest, you know? I think people just love when they get to watch someone say what they believe. Yes. Oof. And that's why... That's rough too, and that's why and we have to we deal are. with so many and motherfuckers all the time. Here we are. It's yeah. rough. Confident ignorance. Did you just did something just turn on? No, that was a good quote. People do like to hear people just speak honestly, and sometimes you don't believe, it, but it's like you, it locks you in. You're, you're captured. Yeah, yeah, I think it's why we uh, like watching people lie a lot too. Like when people really believe their lies, it's really interesting it's to watch. <laughs> Yeah. Now I'm trying to think like the last pathological liar I, I saw on my feed and got invested in. I Trump. mean, there are so many. <laughs> you're right, but like I knew he was lying. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. that's it, right? But you know, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Look at you. It's like a car crash. You just can't look away. Like when Trump was tweeting, it's like, you can't stop watching. I know. And that's why it sucks. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like, I think there's like some human impulse that's that's mixed up in there where you're like, or this, this hate weenie that you know <laughs> can't believe i brought him up like i feel yeah, just, I, mean, I feel yeah. gross because of it i was not expecting to hear that name no god now Maybe i'm thinking we about... should bleep it in the later versions of this i like so that. it's just like a figurehead you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, so yeah. no one goes and looks this person up. we shouldn't give him anything you know what yeah, i mean it's just like it, we all know somebody like that it yeah. doesn't matter it's yeah. there's a million of them yeah, all trying to be the most hated guy you know <laughs> you're right 
Let me ask you a question. Competing to be the biggest piece of shit on the block. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's bad. It's a great contest. When you're putting together No Rule Sandy, are you thinking about the couch? Like, are you thinking, will this music take us to this next level? No, not with this one. Okay. With every other one, yes. Really? Or at least the last two, maybe. At least the last two. The first one, not really. But what changes? What changed, I think... Probably the pandemic also just that it didn't feel authentic in the same, like I stand by those two records. I'm so like, I'm so proud of the people that made that made them, the younger versions of us, but also like the content and the ideas in those records are so great. I do think there was like, at least on my part, Nick has always been kind of outside of this in some ways. To a fault. In that us. like I have a weird death wish for fame and attention um but i but like this with this one maybe it was the pandemic maybe it was just the fact that we were like coming together and doing this thing that like is at the root of what we've always done which is like trying to impress each other trying to make each other laugh trying to bring joy trying to like be creative and make things that we've never made before and that just felt so much nicer to do than like trying to also like we're too weird (laughs) <laughs> like we're not going to do that like the reaching thing is wrong like what we need to do is like do our own shit and then like the couch will come to us totally. we can't reach for the couch I think honestly the weirder you are I fucking think it'll come yeah, quicker 100% vibe, yeah. and I think like for a little bit I was just I just got like in the weeds well also it's like we talk about it like it's a bad thing but like it's fun like Shooting for straight up pop music is fun. It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's not- like this logic emotion puzzle you're trying to put. I mean, it's like I love it. Yeah, like, but there's two different things. Like that, I'm down with. It was yeah. the, it was the also the like, but I want like the harboring I, of the wish for more. Yeah, I feel like that was more. That maybe was more you than me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I want to know how you get to a place where you can write a song in 20 minutes but also you were trying to impress each other before well with this record but what were you doing before in the studio was it was it not impress each other was it oh it's the same i know i focus on one thing talk about this like i remember in like the last one we made a concerted effort to like jam more together in the studio Mm. because we had felt like we were starting to lose that thing and we were starting to like just work differently. Just work a little less, like we were thinking a little bit more about macro stuff, the shape of the record, Mm. how something's gonna read at a festival, what we want our show to feel like. We're thinking about things that weren't maybe just the song in the moment sometimes. Mm. And I think on top of that, you you know the real difference for me is just I feel like the last two I can still hear an element of coming from a place of fear or scarcity when in the writing. Like, that was also an element. Like, worrying we were going to break it. Do you know what I mean? Meaning, or like, lose it. Like, the, the essence of the entire album or the no, song? Like, like, uh, like, loser careers. Like, like, not maybe, like, because the thing, you do this stuff, you have, like, one thing work out. And, like, for a lot of bands, that's the only thing that ever works out. True. You know what I mean? And so after that, especially with the second record, there was a lot of like, oh my God, how do we not? I used to describe it like like putting your finger out and a hummingbird lands on it. And then you're like, oh, how do I how do I not 
scare the hummingbird away. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, like there's a there's a part of that in it where, you know, you're coming from a, a little bit of a place of like, oh, we really got to prove this and we got to do something. And this to me was the first one where that felt completely gone now. It just felt like I love where we're at. I love the people who love this music. I love how I feel about our relationship artistically. I love how I, I love the thing that our band is. And I love like trying to make her laugh or like angry, you know, (laughs) (laughs) emotions are emotions. Yeah. And and that's maybe the biggest difference is just like we were always there was always in the back of our mind, I think, trying to shoot for something outside of making a great record before. And this was the intent was purely for each other's delight. You know? That's really special. By the way, the album is No Rules Sandy. There's a link in the description below. Uh, you guys first met at the Cactus Club? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> Sandy. <laughs> what were you doing there? Sandy was opening for my Mountain band, Man. Mountain Man. And uh, and then we were friends on Twitter uh, for years. Yeah. And I asked him to do a remix, and it took him a freaking year. Uh, well... It took you a year. In it my took, defense, it took when me I coming back to the Cactus Club and being like, "Where's the remix? I asked it for you. I asked you for it a year ago." And I was like, "It's hard. It's hard, though." And I was like, "No, it's not." It was. He yeah. wanted it to be perfect. Yeah. I did. Well, in my defense, once I nailed it, I sent it in, and then we started a band that now has defined my entire like adult career. So, like, you know, I feel I stand by it. That's true. What'd you hear in that remix? Also, why'd you request one from him? Because he was good. And it's it's rare to find, like, when you're... It's rare to find, like, one, guy, one like, floor boy. Like, one, like, like guy with a... I'm sorry. That's what I call electronic musicians who are too excited about their show, and so they forget to bring a folding table, so they just put all their pedals <laughs> on the floor. We've all seen the floor boy. Yeah. Um, but, like, one, like, one dude that makes, like, sad instrumental hip-hop... <laughs> <laughs> and he was very good at it. Uh, so I remembered him. And then when I... I had, like, a concept of wanting to make, like, a Mountain Man remix record, which no one on my team cottoned on to, even though I asked so many people to do remixes. Um, and when Nick sent his in, it was just good. It was, like, different, and it was larger than the sum of its parts. Cool. So, yeah, so I was like, we should do that more. And you did. And we did. <laughs> and and then we became a band. I moved to North Carolina for six months to finish the Sylvan record, and now we've lived there for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Is it important to stay in North Carolina and not, you know, get sucked into the L.A. or New York lifestyle? I mean, we come, we're here all the time. We've been here yeah. as much as we've been home this year. Yeah, like when you live on tour, we spend, like, when it's not a pandemic, we, we are, like, on the road nine months out of the year. A lot, yeah. So it's a pretty great place to rest. The yeah. pace is different. It's not like living in, like, in New York, the pace of New York is like tour. In L.A., like, I don't know what the pace is here, but it is like. It's kind it's, of a build, your, choose your own adventure. Yeah, it's a choose your own adventure. <laughs> Everything's a secret. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, so true. we live here, like, one month out of the year anyway, <laughs> just because it's a great place to come and, like, see all our friends here, be inspired. And then be like, bye. But for us, too, I think that, like, you know, I think that's hurt us in some ways uh, because we don't hang out with 
all the cool people, you know? Like, we don't do the L.A. thing. Yeah, you can't grab the features. Yeah, we don't, you know, we do sometimes, but it's not like, we're not, like, around, you know what I mean? Um, But I think for us, especially, especially now, I can't imagine our artistic life without, like, the community of people that were around in North Carolina. Um, And there's, like, a, uh, there's just a total unpretentiousness to the music scene there that feels like, anything can happen and i just cannot imagine getting that up i think if we toured less i'd want to be here new york london a little more but we're out so much and we're here so much that it's like getting to go back to our studio out in the woods yeah that's great it's just man it is the fucking best like that's peaceful and also, like, you're, you're definitely big shit on King Mountain or whatever it King is. King shit of Fuck Mountain. <laughs> That's it. You definitely are the biggest people in town and fucking... Where are you, oh, North no, Carolina? Oh, no, we have J. Cole. Don't worry. Yeah, we have J. Cole. Oh, oh yeah. You're God. not beating him. So what, are you number two to him? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't count. Where, where, are you, where are you in North Carolina? We're in Durham. Our studio's huh. in Chapel Hill. We're in Durham. Cool. They're pretty close to each other. Yeah. We know. We're on the radio there for a long time. Oh, you yeah. were? Yeah. We've never been there, though. You should come. Come on down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you should come to our studio. I hear like we can sleep is that five be- people like adults in it. So Oh that's cute. Yeah, you can have a house. Sick. Sick. Yeah. Betty's studio, is that the name? Yeah, yeah. Betty's. Nice. Wait, isn't there a song on the album named May fourth or something? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Interludes, we yeah. did interludes. We oh, wanted to do like a rec- so many of our records have been about like we've really curated the spaces of silence between songs. And for this one, since it was so everything all the time. I wanted to make a record that had no silence on it. So Betty's May Fourth, two thousand twenty-two, is just kind of what was happening. Like, I think it, that's me walking out onto the porch and you hooing into the backyard. Well, there was so many. Frogs. It was the day that yeah. we, yeah, it was the night that we sent the masters in. So we wanted to like have something. Yeah, it was from almost the like a timestamp we for us. You know, well, that's so much like of that, that stuff is that like like the all that stuff, all those voicemails and like voice memos and all that stuff is all from this like tiny window where we wrote the record yeah. so it was like we we just wanted the whole thing felt so stitched together and like scotch tapey anyway and like there was this intimacy to that that again talking about like giving people doors you know like it felt inviting it was it felt like the more we did that the more it felt like it was letting people in and mm. and mm. So we just kind of leaned into it, mm. and that one in particular was like right before we finished it. That one in the the, the No Rule Sandy interlude was like the last things we put on it, and they were from the day we sent it in. And we just we just wanted to have that thing where it was like this is when this happened and where, you know, mm-hmm. just as like to further that thing of like putting a pin in the map of like our lives. Well, you know? And like those personal touches help build community. So yeah, that's the whole dream, you know, like like both for us personally with like our friends and like all of our family and friends that are on it and that we see every day. But also I think the more, again, the more detail you give somebody, the more it allows them to feel like they understand the world and they're a part Mm -hmm. of it and feel invited, you know, living a life different than touring in a Prius. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I miss the Prius a little bit though. Yeah. We still, I mean, you probably have a huge bus right now. No. Yeah, we have two. Two. Oh, yeah. casual. Yeah. Do you each have your own bus? No, oh, it's one for us cool? and one for our crew. What oh. if, though? <laughs> you yeah. could. One day. Like, you just get so sick oh my of my God. shit. And you're like, oh. that's it. It would be great. <laughs> I would love it. 
Are, are you guys playing with a full band now or just you two? No, it's just, just, two us. Us, just you. Yeah. Do you guys prefer? Because I've seen you guys with just you two and the full band. Do you prefer one or the other? The full band was for like a like a stunt that we wanted to pull. It sounded great. It was really fun. It felt like more we than had, a stunt so, when we did it. Yeah. Sorry. It's kind of a stunt though. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we just got to like bring all of our friends on tour, which was so fun. Also, because you know the music world, it's so insular, mm-hmm. and like you like kind of you're on this like little traveling like. A secret hideout or whatever like your bus becomes like your world becomes so small you're like with your crew you're the center of it and when you're a two-person band it like can feel pretty isolating mm-hmm. so getting to bring all of our friends in and like create this band with all of like our favorite circus. music makers it all was of us so going through fun. like tsa just like absolute <laughs> chaos yeah we made no money but it was worth it, was it. so great though yeah and we got to play like walt disney concert hall that's so it was, cool like, it was so chill yeah but it like it it was crazy. That was just such a. It was cool because it almost like externalized our own band for us, and mm-hmm. it was like we got to see what it meant to like our friends and other people in a different way, mm. you know. And so coming back to, like this this run, it informed so much of it and so much of this record. Where it like totally like cracked the knuckles of the band in a way where it was like, okay, yeah, like let's have Sam play a saxophone solo on this let's like it like it's just it felt like anything could happen and coming back to the duo felt like heightened like we rebuilt the show from the ground up and made it way jammier and like more like different night to night and then yeah. like like there was something about recentering it with just the two of us like especially after all this time of not doing a show just the two of us yeah felt like Man, we just felt it felt like coming out swinging. It felt so good. Energetically, it's so fun to come back to two, because mm-hmm. then it's just like ping, 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 yeah. ping. Like, and that that's so fun. Also, it like looks punk still to just be two people two making two a there. huge amount of sound. Like, here's my two little tables, all these wires. Yeah, and like slamming it. around, <laughs> like yard sale on yeah, stage. Yeah, it's really fun. It's pretty amazing. God, where are you doing a show in LA? Soon? No. Uh, no. 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 We're we, not going to tour this album? We are, but like... We're on tour with Odessa right yeah, now. Yeah, here's the thing. So. Like, we we wrote... Like, we told Odessa we would open their tour, and then we wrote a record, and we were like, let's put it out. So we're... Out. <laughs> so, like, it's got... It's like the timing is interesting, and in that like we're just going to be like on tour with Odessa we're on until this crazy sold out arena tour for like the next like until October basically. Yeah. Does it feel weird when you guys walk into arenas? You're like, like what? We're we're playing an arena tonight. Like, arenas are so weird. It is very interesting to play arenas. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure how I feel. And also, we haven't. <laughs> also, we haven't opened a tour since in like, like eight 2015, yeah. 2016. Yeah. It's fun because we're in front of people who don't know who we are, which like rules. We used to be really good at opening. That was like our bread and butter. Yeah. You just like go in and like fucking dom the shit out of a crowd. Be like, listen to my songs. <laughs> fun. Uh, but we haven't done it in so long. So it's like, I almost feel like it's like I'm I'm more about to enter like a like a working out getting stuff done montage, you know, where it's like like punching the bag and like like Yeah. Keep, it's sick. Know. Yeah, and like in our show, I mean the Odessa show is a Insane. true like feat of of like ingenuity 
and time code and engineering. It's so crazy. It's so beautiful. But like we're like a weird, we're like little worms compared to like the thing. Like their thing it's is like, like titanium, and we're like little human guys. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey everyone. Yeah, yeah hey how everyone? about this toe tapper? Hey, so <laughs> yeah, here's a fun one. It's it's cool, but it like yeah, it's it's a whole new thing. I lo- it's my favorite part about this life that we lead, in that like. It's always changing. Yeah. There's always always new shit. You keep (laughs) figuring out one thing, and then the minute you have it figured out, you get flipped into this new version of it that you don't know anything about. So, like, it's been really, even over the last three, like, we just did three with them in Seattle, like, their their hometown run. And it was at this, like, massive, like, the 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 place the Sonics used to play. Like, you know? Um, (laughs) That's the name. I think that is the name, isn't it? The Climate Pledge Arena. Yeah, Yeah, it's the most... uh, it's the, the mo- it's the cleanest and most uh, eco-friendly arena. <laughs> crazy. But we did three nights, and it was like, it was crazy. Like, the first night, it was like, we got off stage, we're like, okay, all right. And we had just done, like, a headlining run where it was like, every night was, like, high fives and, like, champagne, like, you know, whatever. And then we get to do this, and it was like, we did this, like, 45-minute super tight set and come off, and we're like, okay, all right. <laughs> Next night, we were like... Rearrange the set a little bit. We're getting like, it, yeah, getting okay, it. all right. And then the last night we were like, fuck yeah, you're like you we're know? awesome. But it, it's well, then it's like, a new city and a whole new stage, right? Yeah, and it's like trying to find, trying to figure out how to communicate the thing that makes our band make sense in all of these new spaces is like endlessly fun to me. It's like yeah. such a cool challenge. Exactly. I feel like this is like the lesson that I'm learning this year is about somehow we have a band as a band have like elbowed our way into all of these like strange mainstream spaces LeVar Burton presented us at the Grammys you know what I mean like (laughs) and we gave out awards there this like no sense it doesn't make any sense and it's so (laughs) weird and silly and we're like constantly like that's what we're learning in this moment is like how like, why are we here? What are we doing? What does do it we feel like? How do we here? do this? How do we do the honesty? Like, how do we yeah. actually be the thing that makes people like our band? Yeah, but here's you, the thing. You know? Like, I mm. think we need to work on being more mysterious. I think we're actually too honest. Ah, <laughs> That's why see? I recently Less. changed my Instagram bio to mysterious bitch, which I think totally works. <laughs> it does. It's I more. Feel... It's the most mysterious I've ever been. <laughs> I have a problem. If people ask me questions, I like really answer. <laughs> we'll just scrap the entire interview. Yeah, please do. Yeah. I've already asked way too much. <laughs> talking about the couch. Jesus Christ. Well, we're talking about put me on there. Yeah, maybe we can just bleep out everything you say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, just fuck you. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know, you tell me. Ooh. The, the last question I have is: have you ever like the music is a little weird, and which is what it makes the music the music. But have you ever? found yourself being like this is too weird like this is too weird for even us we shouldn't do this no no i mean i I think there's stuff that doesn't work (laughs) yeah if it doesn't work if it's not like that's the thing everything that we've made that we've both been like excited about we've finished and has come out as a self-anastro song do you know what i mean yeah there's a lot of stuff that we like either run out of gas or it's just not very good or it's like weird in a way that isn't fun you know or like doesn't or it's weird it, for you know? weird's sake, like when you're like, yeah. yeah, and you're like, this just isn't. What's it reaching for? It's yeah. just reaching towards alienation. Or it, you and can tell fun. that when you started it, you were actually like trying to recreate another thing, which yeah. is never a cool way to start anything, you know. But you mm. maybe didn't notice. No, 
Yeah. So it's not that it's not weird, it's just not good. And it doesn't yeah, come out. It's just not good. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Weirdness. I feel like we've put out some incredibly weird songs, but I feel, think they work because they still, you can still sing them. Which ones? Which ones are weird? I don't think they're that weird. Your reality is really funny. Your reality weird. is the weirdest <laughs> thing we've ever put out. Would you How ever you go back it? and rework something that you scrapped? No, because it's like move on. You know, yeah, I, we yeah. have some folders of like song. Also, like the danger is cooking it. You know, like when you hear a song that a friend made, where you're like, "Oh man, you worked on this for eight months, and it yeah. sounds like it, yeah, and it's not fun anymore." Yeah. Well, and like, also, I think like even when we started working on this one, you're done. Like, yeah. right out the gate, uh, each time each of us did this, where like we'd start something, we'd be like, "Hey, what about remember that beat from the whatever?" And the other one would have to be like, "No old shit." It would always like, be just me. Don't. I did that. I did a. Because there's one? a couple of beats that I've been dying to use that I just aren't think aren't going to be a thing. But oh well, you should just give them to somebody else. That's the other thing. Is like sometimes Sandy makes beats and I just don't want to write on them. <laughs> Does that hurt your feelings? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, it's like I don't I don't write dark. lyrics and melodies, so I, I I can't even be like, all right, well I'll do it because like yeah. I would suck. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah, going to be bad. If I yeah. Do like it. sometimes I write shit that Sandy doesn't like. True, yeah. Yeah, and that less, hurts my feelings all the time. Less often, let's get real. <laughs> yeah, like, what's the last note you gave on lyrics? Note. Suggestion? Uh, honestly, oh, it's No, usually, I think you're right. <laughs> it's usually, I mean, we do this to each other all the time, but it's just like, this is a thing we both do. But, like, there was a song on the record where she wrote this thing, like, really fast, and it was very honest and personal. Ugh. And I was like, that is amazing. And she was like, well, don't get married to it. I'm rewriting all that. And I was like, okay. And then I rewrote the whole thing. And she sang it. And I was like, I'm going to play you the first version of this. And then I'll play you the one you just did. And you tell me that we shouldn't use the first one. Oh, wow. So you let her give herself the note. No, he was no, totally was giving him. No, I was a dick about giving, it. But. Yeah, he's being <laughs> an <laughs> asshole. But he was right. You know, oh, and like, okay. and that's the thing. That's the thing that's like, it's one of the things that I love about our collaboration is that like, we can always say what we feel. That's the way it needs it's to be. Never, yeah, and that's the thing. Like when we're arguing about a song, we're always arguing about the song. And that's the thing. When we've gotten lost in our process in the past, it's when we stop fighting with each other. Mm. It's when we like accidentally start just accommodating, mm. and that's when the music starts to suck, because we like because it loses the friction. It loses the edge. Tension yeah. breeds art, baby. One hundred percent. And also like. We both make shitty work sometimes. You know what I mean? Like me way more than you. But like, <laughs> no, I, and like do I, too. I I value like she knows my artistic voice better than anybody. So when I make something and I'm excited about it, I bring her to her and she's like, I don't know, man. Like, I have to hear that. Yeah. Because like I know that she's a fan of what I do. Like, and I know that what she wants is for me to not half ass it. And like somewhere in there, I know that I kind of would like cut a corner, you know, yeah. like there's <laughs> this beat in like fall of 2020 or something. I was all excited. I was like, babe, this is this is going to be huge. Come on. And she was she listened to it. And then she was like, I was like, you know, she takes the headphones off. And I'm like, what's up? You got something? She's like, I don't know. I mean, it's good, but. It doesn't fuck the pandemic, you know? And I was like, oh, that's such an accurate burn. That, that was fun because that became like the level of like everything needed to fuck the pandemic. It's like, the new on, bar. Are you, are you, yeah. What are we doing here? Is this, are you like, are we. Are you fucking the pandemic? Are you, fucking the the pandemic? Day, are you bringing it like it's the end days or not? What are we, what, what are we doing? 
<laughs> on that note, wow, that's Sorry. poorly timed cough. Uh, um, your reality uh, is a little strange, isn't it? Now oh, thinking yeah. about it, yeah, it was, it's yeah. a little weird. Yeah, pretty much so. It is really weird. It is really strange. Yeah, it's that's fun. the one where we it's have starting, different. Yeah. It's starting to, re- like, I love it, too, because people are getting a little mad about it on the internet, which I love. Because they don't like it? Yeah, or they're like, what is this? Yeah. Which, which, is, I, which is great. Yeah, honestly, when I first heard it, I that was my thought. It was like, what what is this? What I is know. happening? Yeah, like what's happening here? I can tell from your face. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> Art creates conversation. I'm gonna play that song right Here's now. The thing, though, like that's my that's like my favorite thing. I think that's my favorite song we've made right now. Yeah, it's a good one. Hmm. Well, that's your reality. We're gonna play it right there. Oh, perfect. But also <laughs> you should listen to No Rules, Sandy. No rules, Sandy. No rules. Try Sandy. It with all the different Emphasis is no rules, Sandy. No, no rules, Rule Sandy. Sandy. <laughs> There's a link in the description below if you want to listen to it. Uh, you good? I think we covered a lot. Yeah, Sylvan Esso from a video game, right? Oh, so true. Yeah, probably everyone asks you about that shit. It's not really from a video game. Don't do this. Wait, what? It's gotta be mysterious. Don't do it. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, sorry, I can't. Wait, what? Sorry, never mind. (laughs) Have you, like, have you planted a lie? It's only half a lie. (laughs) (laughs) So it's still a lie. (laughs) Fuck. When we're done here, we'll tell you. I think we can say it now. No, we can't. No, absolutely not. At this point, are you I think we can. Absolutely not. No? Okay, then never mind. What about the mystery? Mystery. Can't do it. Oh, shit. This is a perfect (laughs) avenue for mystery, and you're shooting in the foot. Thank you so much. (laughs) Never mind. Mysterious bitch forever. (laughs) (laughs) Sylvanessa, everybody. (laughs) Hey, beautiful human. You made it through our conversation with Sylvanessa. I really appreciate it. Now, please share our podcast with those you care about. Hit subscribe and let us know who we should interview next. We're all ears. At Zach Sang Show on any form of social media, please reach out and be safe. Hug your family if you can and do not go to jail. Have a great day. I'll talk to you real soon. Peace and love. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. It was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Russack, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshore. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Doristock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herless. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. Talk to you soon. <laughs>